and welcome back to Scarves Around the Funnel, a podcast dedicated to Scottish Cup semi-finalists, Heart of Midlothian. I am Laurie Dunsire, in a slightly better mood than last week, joined once again by a man who's always in a good mood, Mark Donaldson. I am this week. I didn't get to see the game last night because of these stupid UEFA rules, laws and regulations. But at least I was able to listen to it and stay dry. Yes, that is uh, a luxury that I was not afforded um, for the game at Tynecastle against Partick Thistle, which we will get to very shortly. Hearts have played twice since we were last on air. That's a league game at Dens Park against Dundee. And, of course, the Scottish Cup quarterfinal replay against Partick Thistle. So we're going to talk about both of the both of those games. Uh, we're going to go through some of your reactions to the two matches and the potential, uh, well, the, the match that's now a definite against Inverness coming up in April. Um, we'll look ahead to Hamilton Ake's away, which is the next game later in the show. And in between, we're going to talk about Potential signings for next season, which is the question that Mark posed to you all last time out, and what the Hearts team could look like next campaign in an ideal but realistic world. So first up, Mark, we'll talk about the game at Dens Park and then we'll go on to Partick Thistle, and there'll be some crossovers afterwards, but I think there are some differences with these two games, so I think we've got to take them one at a time to start with. Now, the Dundee game, obviously Hearts were on the back of a four-game winless streak in the league, so there was a little bit of pressure on for the Jambos to get a result against a struggling Dundee side. Um, Craig Levy made a couple of changes to the side that drew with Partick Thistle, of course, in the first match of that quarter-final that was one apiece. So Oli Bozanic and Stephen McLean went out of the side, and Callum Morrison and David Vanacek came in. So a 4-4-2 formation, and this was the big talking point, was the fact that it was Uche, Ikpiezu and David Vanacek up front for the first time together. Now, did the lineup surprise you, Mark? In a way, although I've got no problem with experimentation. Uh, if it's in a league game, fine. I think all our eggs should be now in the Scottish Cup basket. Uh, to an extent, of course, um, finishing fourth is, is vitally important as well. Um, but if you're going to experiment, I'd rather do it in a league game. Vanacek up front with Ik Piezu. Um Yeah, he's, he's not there yet. He's, he's still not there. And to be honest, unless he, he goes on a run, um, gets a goal, which I'm not sure is, is going to come, I think we're probably going to see, hopefully, the best of him um, next season because I think he needs a pre-season behind him. He looked all right. Um Funny, when, when we were in December, in the dark depths of December, looking ahead to the second half of the season, wondering what he was going to do, Craig Levine, whether he was going to go two up front, whether he was going to go uh, one or the other, um, we weren't sure because we didn't know if the two of them could play together. I'm still not sure, in all honesty. Um, I'm, Vanacek has disappointed me by not coming back in shape. That, that, that is uh, taking the piss. And that, Craig Levine was really annoyed about that. So we, we don't know what we get with him. Did it work against Dundee? Well, the fact he got substituted for Craig Whiten with three quarters of the game gone tells you quite a lot. As far as everyone else is concerned, I, I, again, natural width players playing in, in natural positions didn't happen. But we, we got the win. And it's, it's, it's a big three points. But, look, I'll be honest, Laurie, most games this season, um, we've won. I've been, I've bought into every single one of them. That one, I, I didn't feel it as much. Was it that was, just me? No, it, it was a shite game, um, and we weren't, the, we were the poorer of two poor teams on the day. I thought um, Dundee, and I said it during commentary, Dundee will be bitterly disappointed that they didn't get at least a draw from that match. That match. I mean, Sean Clare got the goal in the 14th minute, and that sort of summed up the Hearts' performance, because even the goal was crap. Uh, I mean, June did well to work it into the box from the left, but from then it was just scrappy. A bunch of players going for it. Could easily have been stabbed clear, but fortunately for Hearts, the way the ball sat 
was very kindly for Sean Clare, who stuck out a toe and just managed to, you know, force it over the line. So it was a rubbish goal. It was a rubbish game. And Hearts were very lucky. You know, against most teams in the league, they would have got at best a point. But they're playing a, a very poor Dundee side. You know, you're talking maybe a, a St. Mirren or a Hamilton could also have played against Hearts and the way Hearts were playing and, and still managed to lose. And I guess the big concern for me, I mean, I don't, I don't mind wins when they're scrappy like that on occasion, but I don't think you want that to be your norm because you won't win all the time if that's how you're playing all the time. And I guess my my main problem, I mean, we we rode our luck constantly through the game. We were we were far too deep for large periods. We were defending that. You know, Vanacek was in our own half for most of the time, and fair enough, he's not in shape and he can't get up and down the park, but. Now, we had two strikers on. They were in our half for large periods. I guess my big concern is I, I wasn't sure what the game plan was again. I couldn't really work it out. We, we we got a goal early on, and that gave us something to defend. But we weren't really counter-attacking very quickly. We let Dundee come on to us. We got the ball away, and they came on to I, I don't know. I don't. Was that just me? But once again, it's not even just there was a game plan and it didn't work. I just didn't see a game plan. I mean, you commentated on the game. I mean, I'll I'll take your word for it. I I, I saw. I'll I'll be honest. I, uh, there were parts where it was on, and I was paying more attention to the Scotland game at Murrayfield. As bad as that. <laughs> I just I, I wasn't inspired, Laurie. I mean, the the Cup Tigers Partick. I was annoyed it wasn't on the telly because I would have loved to have watched that. Obviously, I listened to you guys. Um, but but the Dundee game. I, I don't know why that is. And is, is it our style of play? Games aren't good to watch. A lot of the games aren't good to watch. Now, this is where you've got to be careful what you wish for. Because give me three points every day of the week. In an ideal world, it comes with good football to watch. Surely it's not asking too much to have both against a team like Dundee. You wouldn't think so. Um, but <laughs> that seems to be the way we're going. I mean... We were having a conversation um, in the media area last night, and by last night I mean um, the night of the Park Thistle game, and there's this talk about um, Hart's kind of game plan this season has often been when Naismith is fit, give the ball to Naismith and something will happen. When when Uche has been available, give the ball to Uche and, and something can happen. But obviously both of those players have had spells out, and when <laughs> and lo and behold, when they were both out, we were terrible and we kept losing. Um, and the problem with that is as well that Uchi Ekpiezu, he causes so many problems for defences. He's an absolute a nightmare to defend against, just with his physique and his directness. You can you can see it. Defences at all levels don't know what to do with him. You know, if, if Uchi Ekpiezu could could add you know a really good finishing element to his game, he wouldn't be at heart. He wouldn't be at heart. No. But the but the that, problem that, that's is that's the bottom line. Yeah, but I was going to say the problem is, but, but teams are now just doubling up, tripling up on Ekpiezu. They're just surrounding him and. And he's he's not getting the Park Thistle game was maybe a slightly different one on some occasions, but in all, often in games he's not getting many breaks from the referees. So if you can stifle that threat right now with no Naismith in there, if you stifle Uchi Ekpiezu, what, what else do Hearts do? They don't really do, well, they don't do anything. It, it should it should be pretty simple. If you've got a triple team on one player, you've got you should have space. It's should, up to his yeah. teammates. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, this isn't as much a Craig Levine thing as, as the players have to step up here. And the lack of movement has, has been alarming at times. Um, options, square passes, because there's nothing on going forward. If you've got a player who's being triple teamed or even double teamed, there's going to be space for someone else. So players are going to be smart. So, yeah, look, it, it's three points. It's a good three points because... <laughs> That's six points out of six we've, we've done up there. Now, granted, the last game against Dundee at home didn't go the way we were looking for, but we we rectified it. We got three points. Now, you know I like my positivity, okay? Yes. And at times it's hard to come by. So I was doing a little bit of a compare and a contrast, okay? Mm-hmm. Hearts this season have won as many games away from home as Celtic and Rangers. Now, that was a surprise to me when I saw that. Now, granted, they've lost six times and only drawn one. But as far as wins are concerned, Hearts have won seven of the 14 games away from home. Okay, we've only scored 17 goals in that. 
But it doesn't matter because we've had a few 1-0s. And that is a success success story. And for all the faults about wanting them, and this is a, a typical Hearts fan. We win and we're still not happy. Right? And, and I get that. And I totally understand those at the club might say, God, what does it take? Look, we've already explained um, how to keep us kind of our, us fickle Hearts fans with a smile on their face, with a, a little bit of flair if possible. But as I say, give me the three points whenever possible. And as Craig Levine said, look, that, that for him was, was a big win and that it showed them that one goal was enough. They could defend well. It wasn't pretty, but he'd like it to be prettier going forward. But seven wins away from home is a marked improvement to last year when we got four. We also only got seven home wins last season. We've already got seven home wins this season. Now, that's out of 15. That's not good enough. We know that. But I'm, what I'm trying to say is 47 points already this season. 46 points all last season, which was an abomination. That was, that was before the split, by the way. So we're, we've got four, we're four games behind. I'm going to point better off than we were at a similar stage last season. So... If we had put those home wins on the board when we should have done it, if we'd found a way to beat teams that come in and sit tight when we haven't had a plan B, then it could have been a much better season. But there's still time. There's still time to push forward. There's a game against Hamilton coming up. Again, away from home. Would you take a scrappy 1-0 right now? Because I would. Then it gets tricky. It's the Aberdeen Rangers Hibs and then the, the, the Cup semi final. So... Big game for Hearts coming up against against Hamilton. But we, I say we can't really have too many complaints about back-to-back wins. But we do. And that's what makes us Hearts fans. Slater looking for room. Chip to the back post. Decent ball. Saunders up. It's saved. McDonald stabs it in. And Partick Thistle have the lead. Garuccio. To Whiten. Left side of the area. Finds it. Piezu. Which is right boot. Looking for space, low shot, good finish! Good and he at Fiesu levels things up! Did really well there, he rushes to the dugout and celebrates in front of us with Craig Levine and the Hearts coaching staff. Schonk there will take the spot kick up against Connor Hazard, cleared, low to the right! And Hearts are ahead! Sean Clare makes it two goals in two games and four for the season. And he celebrates in the corner next to Section G. A moment of madness from Partick Thistle has handed Hearts a chance to go in front. Well, moving on um, on the subject of back-to-back wins to the Partick Thistle game. So the William Hill Scottish Cup quarterfinal replay at Tynecastle Park. That was after the two sides met and drew one apiece of Fir Hill the previous Monday. And the draw after that game meant that both of these sides knew that they would face Inverness Cali Thistle in the semi-final at uh, Hamden, or most likely Hamden anyway, um, if they were to win. So, big game for Hearts. Again, like the first game against Partick Thistle, you could probably call it biggest game of the season so far. And Craig Levine, despite the win against Dundee, made three changes to his side. So Peter Haring, Callum Morrison and David Vanacek out. Ollie Lee, Craig Whiten and Jake Mulraney in. And Hearts went with a 4-3-3 formation in this game with Claire Lee and June in the midfield positions with Jake Mulraney and Craig Whiten flanking Uche Piezu. And Hearts started this game pretty well and... In contrast to the Dundee game, and in a lot of games recently, Mark, I think I saw a game plan with this one. I quite liked it. Um, I thought Claire and Jim were very good in the middle of the park. Claire is really growing on me. I think he's growing into this Hearts team as well. And to have Uche Igpiezu up top with two players with a bit of pace either side of him, that worked quite well, I thought. you know, f- For the first time in a little while, I thought, okay... I can see what we're trying to do here. What Hearts have done in recent weeks, and I'm looking at their form, okay? And their, their form might not be pretty to watch, but it's actually all right. Apart from the Celtic game and the blunder by the goalkeeper at Motherwell, I know we've lost those those two games, but the last defeat was, was against Dundee prior to that in January. So the form has been 
okay. But in that form has been a lot of chopping and changing. And you've just said about finding or looking for a game plan. You think you saw one last night. Well, obviously, anyone who wasn't at Tyne Castle, the best they got is the sports scene highlights. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bow to you here um, because having commentated on the 90 minutes, it's difficult for me, having just seen sports scene, uh, to comment on anything I've not seen. So as far as the game plan is, is concerned, Claire was always going to take time. Craig Levine warned that. The, the, the problem Claire had is that he was set up to be the best thing since sliced bread when he came in because apparently several premiership teams down south or Premier League teams down south were keen on him. Um, and it did take him a while to, to get going. Uh, I'd still like to see more work rate from him without the ball. Um, but you're right, he's growing on me as well. And we've discussed about Uche and whether one of them or two of them is best. Maybe two of them is best, this kind of 4-3-2-1 formation. So maybe we have stumbled onto it. But the reason for bringing up the whole form thing was we have chopped and changed a lot. We haven't had a settled team. And that's been problematic for any player. It's very difficult for someone like a Craig Whiten to come in. You, you maybe try too hard over 90 minutes because you want to impress. And he did all right. He was, he was busy. And he, and he was quick. Um, he's, he's not a starter for me. And it's unlucky he didn't get a goal. But Uche is an interesting one for me. He, he's a great case study because opposition defenders don't know how to handle him. But neither do referees. The penalty he got wasn't for me. The penalty he should have had, he didn't get for me. So Bobby Madden, referees struggle. To know, and so you've got to you've got to see both sides of the of the coin here. Craig Levine, a lot of weeks, comes out and says he needs more protection. And you look at some of the incidents, and he's right because he's getting penalised for very little at times. But other things, like Gary Caldwell coming out and saying, "Look, my little girl um, at the park went down as easy," and he did for the penalty, but yet he got it. And I don't understand how the penalty he got, which wasn't for me, compared to the penalty he didn't, which was. Referees just don't know how to deal with Uche. That could be beneficial for us going forward, but it could also be detrimental. Yeah, and I think when I like when I mentioned earlier and I said that the Thistle game was a little different because I didn't think he got penalised as much as he as he has done for little things throughout the game um, and you're, you're you're correct the Anderson challenge on him in the second half looked a penalty and when I've seen it again it is a penalty and the one that was given when he skipped through a couple of challenges during the game both Jimmy and I said it didn't look like a penalty in first viewing but we're quite a distance away so maybe there was a touch but no you know it was a dive basically you know there's, there's no other way around it um, I mean going back to the game you know Thistle obviously went in front but I thought Hearts reacted pretty well and Pezu did terrifically with the goal which yes. was set up by Whiten um, the penalty is just a complete gaff at the back from Thistle absolutely calamitous defending but all credit to Jake Mulraney who did chase down what looked like a completely lost cause and won the spot kick which was very well taken by Clare um, something we'll get to in the second half <laughs> very quickly um, now one thing to mention for anyone who tuned in to Hearts TV you will know that or even the BBC actually, that it was torrential weather and it got it got really bad at the start of the second half. It was ridiculous. We were absolutely we were actually swimming in water in the press area. There was just team sheets floating around, and I wasn't sure the equipment would even keep working. Um, the position of the press area is obviously a whole other subject, but I did start to get worried at only a goal ahead because you could see the play starting to get affected. There was a lot of water gathering on the pitch and. Even though our pitch is now in terrific condition, any pitch when it gets that amount of water pouring down onto him, you know, the ball starts to skid everywhere, challenges going in, players are falling over. And I started to get a bit worried because, uh, you know, I said in commentary that this could go anywhere now just because of the, the conditions. You know, you don't know what will happen. The wee crosses dropped, um, shots skidding in front of the keeper and challenges made, in, you know, accidentally. So it could have gone anyway. And I thought Hearts, until the latter stages actually played pretty well under the conditions could have added um, more to their lead but we got away with it in the end because like you said Partick Thistle should have had a penalty and actually 
when I saw it at the time, there was, two, there was a suitor challenge, which I thought looked like a penalty at first, but that one wasn't. It was the better one, um, where he's actually clipped his heels. 100%. 100% they should have had a penalty. Which should definitely have been a penalty, and Gary Caldwell was, you know, quite rightly unhappy about it after the game. Um, but they got over the line, and a few things to point out. We've spoken about Sean Clare. Really good penalty, well taken, and then Uchi Piazu wins the penalty, you know, rightly or wrongly, and he gets to take it. Now, obviously, at the time, most of us thought that Uchi Piazu just decided he's taken the ball and he wants to take it. Craig Levine has said it was agreed that if he wins a penalty, he got to take it. I don't know if that's... Is that completely true? Is he trying to take the, the a weight off Uche by, you know, absolving of absolving, absolving him, if I can get my words out, of taking the ball away from Claire and then missing it? It was a terrible penalty as well. Um, but regardless, I don't I don't like that unless a game unless you're talking a four five nil lead, give a player a penalty for confidence. It's not going to matter whether he scores or not. But two one ahead in possibly the biggest game of the season, don't mess around. Sean Clare had the responsibility before, dispatched it really well. Why is he not taking the next one, regardless of who wins it? Correct. Totally agree. It's, it's, it's too dangerous otherwise. What if Bobby Slamal comes up late on at nil nil and gets fouled <laughs> and wants to take it? I mean, that, you're going by the same kind of uh, the same rules that uh, kind of make or take her. Yeah. I mean, come on. I, I'm not. A, I'm never a fan of someone that takes a two or three step run up. Now, I, I, have they, do they practice them? Because you don't. I, yeah, I don't think they do. Because we this season we've been rubbish. And that's Naismith included. But I, I can't remember the last time. I felt confident that if we ever got a penalty, we'd be fine because we've we've missed a few. I mean, the the Naismith penalty was at Livingston nil nil earlier this season that cost he, that he missed was that that one? Yes, yes, at home. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't a great yeah, penalty so, either. So that that cost us two, but that was a shocker of a penalty from from Uche. Um, have we found a new penalty taken in Sean Clare? It was put away with a plum, and even if uh, even if Hazard had gone the right way. I think he would have had a problem keeping that out. But like, if it's been preordained and pre-agreed that he, he's to take it, I think it proved last night he'll not be taking the next one. No, Craig Levine said they've they've torn up that agreement, um, thankfully. So, so Hearts got over the line. Uh, the other two to mention, I think, um, you mentioned Whiten briefly, it was Whiten and Mulraney. Now, uh, by no means am I going to say that they were spectacular. But in terms of effectiveness, there were two players who were brought into the starting eleven who didn't play against Dundee. I thought they offered us something a little different than what we've had recently. Whiten, in a different way to the likes of Vanacek or McLean, um, has a little bit of pace about him. And just some quick feet, and you saw it at the goal, just moving the ball very quickly to Iqpiezu for the leveller worked. It wasn't something spectacular, it wasn't a, a, an amazing piece of vision, but just... Moving it quickly, um, and I thought that and it, it was the same in the second half when he almost scored, just skipping in from the left-hand side. He certainly looks fit, which I suppose are some of the worries. He's been out with an ankle injury, and he's not played much for Hearts, but he certainly looks fit, and I would say match sharp. So I think he was a positive. Not saying, he, as I say, not saying he was outstanding, but I think he was a positive yeah, in terms of something yeah. different. He's uh, he's a work in progress, Laurie. Um, he, he's he's a project. He's twenty-one years old now. If I said to any Hearts fan, Craig Whiten, and asked them in return for a position, most of them would probably say striker. I'm not convinced. Okay, His best season, when he played 31 times for Dundee, granted a lot of them were off the bench, was, was two goals. He's, he's not a natural goal scorer, but he is, for me, a setup player. With that pace, I think he could be a help for Uche going forward. Not from the start of games. I think with that pace against teams that maybe sit in as a second-half sub, I think that's that's certainly one to, to keep tabs on because he's a long way from a finished product. That's why Hearts were able to get him on the cheap. Uh, he hasn't scored a league goal for Hearts yet. However, I think he's someone that can be worked with and with pre-season training behind him. Um, and, and remember, he's only 21. I think he could he could be a, a decent squad option going forward, not as a starter yet, but as someone that can be brought on with that pace. 
And Jake Mulraney's similar. He is more of a, a natural winger. That's what he's known as. But um, I, I thought he had some moments where he was very dangerous as well, taking on Partick Thistle players. And whilst, whilst Jake, Mulraney, Jake Mulraney isn't a technically spectacular footballer, he's got a lot of pace. And that's difficult to deal with sometimes, no matter how good you are at defending. If someone runs at you and can go on the outside and has that acceleration to get away from you, it's difficult to, to stop that at times. And I thought he was dangerous. And I think, like I said earlier, I thought that was a different option. And I liked it. It gave us a bit more a bit more tempo and a bit more attacking impetus with them either side of Vanacek rather than the more pedestrian approach of a Vanacek or a McLean. Well, Rainey is one of these players, psychologically, you think of him, well, he, he, he was just as much a sub for Inverness as he was a starter. Mm. Why is he getting a game for Hearts? But again, Craig Levine likes projects, players that he, I mean, that, that's what Hearts are all about. That's what any club who are not the biggest club in their league is all about. It's about getting players with flaws or with potential who are young and moulding them into something that's improved and that's better, and then ideally selling them on after they've they've helped the football club. I've got no issue at all with anybody who who might say that they want to use Hearts as a stepping stone to bigger and better things, because the only way that's going to happen is if they do well, and if they do well, whoever they are, then it's going to benefit Hearts in the first place. Now, is Mulraney the answer? Don't know, but he's an option, and he's only 22 doesn't turn 23 until next month. So he's another player. He's a horses for courses player. He's a he's a game at Tynecastle player. If we want to go for width and try and get the ball in, uh, potentially he's a player away from home in a four in midfield, not as a five, because I don't want him defending. We've seen that. It doesn't work, especially when he's been on the same side as Berra, because that's just been a nightmare when those two have kind of played in a, a 3-5-2 with Berra, the left centre-back, and Mulraney as the left wing-back. But as, as a left-sided winger, I don't mind him. I don't mind him in certain games. Just to move on slightly, but keeping uh, on topic of the recent games, I'm going to go through some of the messages we got about the matches. Um, so... Jamie Devlin got in touch. He said, uh, what was to be expected from the two games? Two wins and a place in the semi-finals. Confident we can do the job against Inverness, but this is a different Inverness to what we played in the League Cup at the start of the season. So could be in for a tough game next month. Of course, Hearts um, thrashed Inverness in the Betfred Cup 5-0 earlier in the campaign. Um, a different beast altogether. And as much as Inverness have struggled at times in the Championship this season, they haven't lost an awful lot. Um, so they're a very hard team to beat, and John Robertson will know exactly what to expect from Hearts and Craig Levine. Yeah, this is uh, this is a, a, a tough one for Hearts because it's a bit like the Partick game, and they've got very little to gain and, and everything to lose because everyone expects them to win. <laughs> Rob will know how to set them up, and I was impressed by Inverness in the game against Dundee United. Um, Hearts are going to go in as favourites of that there's no doubt um, the game plan we've had problems against teams that sit in if I'm Robbo I'm not pressing Hearts I, I, refu I would refuse to do that I'd be looking at the Dundee game the Livingston game um, the St Mirren game at home and we saw Gary Caldwell um, do that in the, in the first half they, they took it a bit too much uh, or too far in the first game Partick Hearts because they, they never came out of their own half. But I, I'd expect John to to just do something similar and and have maybe pace on the counter, play with a lone striker and say to Hearts, well, come on, break us down. Chris Canning says, it's been eye-bleeding at times, but happy to come away with victories. We have a great chance to make the final now and really should do. However, we need to cut out a lot of our slack play we've had over the 180 minutes against Partick. Otherwise... We won't be seeing Hamden come May. I mean, talk of the slack play, and certainly there's there's been nervy moments in both those matches. Now, Craig Levine's come under a fair bit of um, stick for a lot of this. Now, is there a lot of this responsibility of players? Because if Hearts sit up in a game and you know they, they dominate as much as they did for periods in the opening half against Partick this, so I, I realise they didn't 
batter the goal down or create a heap of clear chances um, and suddenly they start getting pegged back is a lot of this to do with the players or are they getting sometimes maybe a a less rough ride than they should in the in these circumstances well who do you blame that's the thing I mean the manager's an easy target and deserves some of the stick that comes his way he'll admit that um but when it comes to the players we're blinkered at times we we have our favorites and we have our boo boys we have those that doesn't matter what they do, it's going to be pretty hard for them. They've obviously done something that makes them a boo boy, and no matter what happens, that it's going to be hard for them to, to turn that around. And everyone has a different boo boy. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, who, who do you blame for, for the current situation? Um, in that we've won our last two, but we're not playing overly well. I mean, I think, I think the buck has to stop at the manager, but can the manager be criticised for, for back-to-back wins? Uh, well, Yes, in a way. No, because it's his job to to get the wins. But but yes, in a way that is should he be delivering um, more resounding victories given the opposition? Uh, yes, but he's in a no-win situation because these these are games that people expect Hearts to win. They do, and he's still getting stick. So it's hard because you can't go too far to one side because you get you get accused of either being an apologist for him or or whatever. The, the bottom line is, as long as Hearts keep winning, then we're, we're fine. But we, I don't want to sound like a hips fan. Yeah, I'm only happy if we win in style. I mean, it's a difficult one, this. You've got, you've got to remember, the players that we've got, I mean, if, if we get a, the scrappiest of scrappy 1-0s in the semi-final, is anybody caring? No. But we'd like to win in a bit of style. It's not always possible. So I don't know who, I don't know who should kind of be... Not not targeted, but why are we looking for scapegoats when we're winning? That's the other thing. Because <laughs> we're Hearts fans. I know, I know, um, I know, I know, I know, I know. Stuart Moore says, Dundee win was hard fought in the conditions, but we missed a creative spark in midfield and any kind of wide threat. Partick was a good win, much better on show against a team that were very well organised and disciplined. More than Dundee, Claire, man of the match for me, uh, says Stuart. And it's interesting, says, um, you know, Stuart saying we missed any sort of width. Now, we're talking about the Inverness game. Um, this isn't going to be Tynecastle. This is going to be Hamden. This is going to be a big pitch. You would hope, in that circumstance, that Craig Levine would look, because we've, we've often not played with much in the way of wide players. Sometimes, no, we've played games with one wide player in the entire 11. You'd hope that in that game, we're going to look to get the likes of Morrison or Mulraney or White. It's some players with pace out in the wide areas. Looking at their team for the Dundee United game, okay, so they played, um, they, they played a narrow kind of five in midfield, a four-two-three-one. Um, Aaron Doran providing a bit of pace. Um, Chammers, Joe Chammers on the other side, with Polworth in in behind the, the kind of lone striker Jordan White. Um, Brad Mackay, from his time at Hearts, I don't really recall him that much as a right back I always kind of thought he was more of a centre back yeah he tended to although if I remember rightly he he made his debut in the Edinburgh Derby Easter Road uh, coming off the bench and playing right back um, if I remember rightly but on the whole he was a centre back and he certainly always looked more comfortable at centre back but not not always restricted to that position yeah so I mean it's not his it's not his natural position Uh, he can certainly play there and has done this season uh, but th- that would be, for me, tailor-made to, to get a pacey winger against him because Brad, from my recollection, was was taller um, and maybe stronger, but not the quickest. So, I, I mean, do we, I, I think with Hamden, and I'm assuming it's going to be at Hamden, Hamden's a lot wider than Tynecastle. So I think we have to utilise the width. Um, you've got to remember as well that... Now, albeit our players will not be, a lot of our players will not be overly familiar with Hamden um, because we haven't played there very often. We didn't play the semi-final against Celtic there. So it'll be interesting. I I don't have the numbers off the top of my head. How many of the the current Hearts squad have played at Hamden? Um, Obviously, Crystal Berra has and some of the older players, but the new guys, I mean, Uche's never played there. Uh, the new signings that have come from from down south have never played there. So 
how how much is Hamden a, a a leveler? How much is it for Hearts in favour? I think the the width of the pitch at Hamden is a big thing for Hearts, and I would be I'd be surprised if if he didn't go with two wingers um, against Inverness. I, I I could see that happening to try and utilise the width. Moving on, last week Mark asked the listeners. If you could get in touch and let us know what signings you fancy Hearts going after for the new season. This is you know, realistic signings, not, not to, to say that they'll definitely happen, but signings that Hearts could make um, in the world that we live in. And also, if possible, if anyone can suggest what they think the team could look like for next season. So thank you for getting in touch, everyone. We've had a few messages and we'll try and go through a few of these at the moment. Um. Connor Portis emailed in. Now, he said, the only signings I can see happening that you mentioned, this is what you mentioned last week, Mark, are Cadden and Halkett, both of which would be great signings, in his opinion. Um, would need more Scottish players, and Halkett was previously linked. Hope that they both happen. And, of course, Craig Halkett, um, by the time people listen to this, it might be 100%, but it's, it's very much, it sounds like it's on the cards, and it's close to happening. Some people saying... It's already happened, and at the moment it just hasn't been confirmed. Um, and I think that's a very sensible move, the Livingston captain. He's had a really good season at Livy, and obviously a move to Hearts is a natural progression, with all due respect to Livingston. He's only 23 as well, um, out of contract, so it looks like that one's going to happen if it hasn't already by the time people listen. Yeah, Barry Anderson did a piece in Evening News basically saying it's, it's, it's as close to a done deal as it's likely to be before it's signed and sealed. I like him. Um, I think he can learn from Christoph Berra as well. Good player, gives us options. And it's, it's the type of player that Hearts should be targeting. Um, reminds me a little bit of the Andy Webster signing, albeit we're getting him from a team in the same league. When we signed Andy Webster, um, he had Stephen Presley alongside him. And I think when Halkett with someone like Berra alongside him, um, he'll improve quicker than uh, if he was just coming to a team where kind of people were of the same age and experience. Uh, Craig Levine on Twitter. This is not the Craig Levine. This is a Twitter account called Mr. Levine, Craig Levine. Uh, says Halkett and Cadden would be great signings, both out of contract and both available. Lewis McKenzie says Halkett close. Cadden and Gordon rumoured plus a new left back would be a great window. Far too long we haven't secured enough of the good players in our own division. Less risk with less risk with those and has worked brilliantly for Aberdeen in recent years which is a good point. Um, Gordon Stitt mentioned a, a list of players. So he said Gordon Kelly and I assume he means Liam Kelly with that. He says Lewis Morgan could be a loan deal. Um, he says Shocknessy here. Now I assume, Gordon, you you mean Joe, but you could be you mean, could be Connor because, of course, we have Connor at Hearts on loan. But um, when he said shock, Joe, Joe's, Joe's out of contract. Exactly, what I was going to say, Joe, summer. and yep. he he's a very experienced centre back as well. I suppose would we need another centre back if we if we no. if we sign Craig Halkett, we've got better, we've got Suter. Would Joe Shocknessy, who's currently wearing the armband for St. Johnson and a starter every week, would he want to move to Hearts to be a, a squad player? Because he's, he's only 26. I don't, I, I don't know if that would be um, realistic. But then you know, Gordon might have meant Connor Shocknessy, but I've not seen enough of Connor Shocknessy to decide that we would go for him. Um, Gordon no, also... what, 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 sorry, Laurie, one's enough. One's enough, because you've got one Michael sh- Smith back. One Shocknessy no, one... is more than enough, is it? No, one one new signing at centre-back is enough. Yeah. Um, Halkett, because you've got Berra, uh, you've got Suter, you've got Mona, you've got Halkett, you'd have Smith, who can easily play there as well. So I think that's just more than covered um, for, for that position. So I'll, I'll go through the rest of the ones that Gordon says, and you can say um, yes or no. Well, well, not to hack it, because um, I think he means Halkett. Hopefully it doesn't mean Chris Hackett, because he must be about 40 now and wasn't very good first time. Um Gary McKay Stephen? Uh, I'd, I'd take him in a heartbeat, but I think MLS will, will be his destination. Okay. Wallace, I think I know how you feel about this one. Yeah, I'd like him to provide Ben with, with competition at, uh, at left back and add experience to the, the dressing room. Yep, I'd take that. Cadden? Definitely. We'd have to pay a little bit of compensation to Motherwell. Uh, he, is a, he, he, he would be a, a Bosman, but they'd require training comp. Yep. Um, Cummings on loan? <laughs> I'd take him. Honestly, yeah. I would. 
Yeah. I mean, he's a player. That's the type of player I was talking about earlier. Um, damaged goods. Are we shake back? <laughs> Look, he's a Hearts fan. I know he, he loved getting up Hearts when he was at Hibs. Uh, I'm sure we all would have done um, if we played for Hibs. Um, because they pay your wages. Well, I say all. There's a lot that wouldn't even have signed on the dotted line. I'd, I'd take Cummings because he's the type mm-hmm. of player I think we'd work with with Uche. Uh, that's an interesting one. Great finisher I'd, as well. Oh, I'd, 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 I'd take him. I'd take him in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. And could you imagine? Could you imagine their faces if Jason Cummings just banged one in the Easter Road against them in a maroon? Hearts jersey. I like that. Yeah, and then does the 5-1 like he did in that photo. <laughs> um, Kyle Lafferty loan. It's been a horrible time for him at, uh, mm. at Ibrox, isn't it? I mean, it's where he wanted to be. On loan, let's have a front three of Vanacek, Uche and Lafferty. Come on now. I mean, you need a seat in row 32 in the main stand. Because they're just these shelling peas up to them. Wow. Um, no. Uh, this is probably an obvious one if it would happen. Naismith on a permanent deal. Yeah. Uh, and Lewis Shankland. Uh, I keep calling him Lewis. Lawrence Shankland. Yeah. Uh, you a, lot of these players, week, yeah. a lot of these players were in my uh, my team for next season. Um, I also mentioned Thomas Cherney. Now, <laughs> that was purely done because there aren't many goalkeepers who are out of contract. And uh, one of the goalkeepers that has been linked with Hearts is Craig Gordon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Now I've been teasing with you all morning on WhatsApp. Uh, are we exclusive? You have for around the funnel. Would you like the exclusive? I would like you to reveal the scarves around the funnel exclusive. Yes, please. This is our first scarves around the funnel exclusive. So, uh, Mr. Gordon and I go way back. His, um, my brother-in-law played with him at under eight. My wife knows him very well. I've known Craig since he was a kid. At, at Harps, and he was at my wedding at the Gorgie Suite prior to the Cup final. So, obviously, we we have a, an ongoing kind of WhatsApp um, message, depending on, on what it is. So, I sent him the photo. Cut to the chase. I sent him the photo. I said, ha-ha. So, it was him, his girlfriend, Summer Harl, and an unknown guy behind, outside Tynecastle. And that, that had them talking. So, I sent him the photo and said, just buying new Harps tops for the girls, his two little girls. Got a reply. Here's your exclusive. Buying birthday present for my brother-in-law. I was with Summer and her cousin from Chicago, so was just showing him, the guy behind, where my career began. Nothing more. Sorry. Craig Gordon will not be coming to Hearts this summer. He was getting a birthday present for his brother-in-law. Okay, well, that was boring. Wasn't boring. <laughs> Don't build, give me that nonsense. Build it up and then just tell me that it wasn't even... How is it boring? People are thinking Craig Gordon might be a Hearts player in the summer. He won't be. Sorry it's not an exclusive that you like. Sorry I'm not bringing you good news that Hearts are going to be signing X, Y, or Z. <laughs> I'm just telling you from the horse's mouth that Craig Gordon, who has a year left after this season on yeah. his Celtic contract, will not be a Hearts player this summer. So anybody that's in old Craig go, no. So you want the truth, you go straight to the horse's mouth. And you are a stereotypical just bad man for <laughs> dissing me and <laughs> pissing on my parade. It's an exclusive. No one else has got that. He said that to no one else. And you are a destroyer of dreams, Dunsire. You're the one who's just told us that Craig Gordon won't be signing. Right. Well, because it's the truth, <laughs> and you're still not happy. What more do you want? But, okay, I've had a word with Lionel Messi's agent, and he says it's a... Come on. <laughs> Come on. Okay. Okay. Come on. Right. Um, Jamie Devlin, this is probably bad timing to go. This one says, new goalkeeper needed. Craig Gordon coming home would be great. Um Cadden and Halkett would both be excellent pre-contract signings. I don't feel either Joom or Naismith will stay, so use the money saved from them to bring in Lawrence Shankland. At least someone knows his first name um, as well. Now, Jamie has also went on to give us his 2019-20 Hearts team. Um, captained by John Souter, playing a 4-4-2. Uh, you won't like the goalkeeper because he's put Gordon in goals. Michael Smith right back. Garuccio left back, Halkett alongside Suter in the middle, K- 
Cadden right, Mulraney left with Cochrane and Haring in the centre and Uche Ikpiezu and Lawrence Shankland up front. What do you think of that? It's not far off. Um, the one yeah, that Similar tiers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a 4-4-2. No better, which is interesting. I think it's a big pre-season for Christoph. Um, we spoke last week about maybe he came back too soon and he's not quite been the same player. Mm-hmm. Um, that, I mean, that, that's that got legs at the back. It's a very mobile defence. Uh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, Christoph, if he gets back to the way he was before his injury, is the first name on the team sheet. Yeah. If he doesn't, then then it becomes interesting. And even if it's a case that it's Berra and Halkett who, who are, I guess, interchanged, if Berra can't quite you know, play 90 minutes, you know, every week or twice a week, you know, when he's, you know, he's 34 now, he'll be 35 midway through next season. Uh, is it a time where he starts to, you know, work on his coaching side and has, to, and I don't know, this is just me making assumptions. I mean, it could be that, that he helps Halkett come through and he's still club captain. You know, a lot of teams have done similar things where players get to an age where they're an important squad player, but they've maybe not quite in the same shape that they were and they can't manage like a full season. Possibly. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I'm just speculating. Yeah, po- po- possibly. I think everybody's team that they've sent us, and thanks for all the tweets, contains at least three or four players that are new signings. Mm-hmm. And I think Hearts are going to get the new signings right because I, I don't know the, the success rate. And again, it's subjective over what's been success and what hasn't as far yeah. as a player coming to Hearts is concerned. Um, but there have been a few duds that have been signed, as there is at every club, uh, not just at Hearts. Um, and there have been one or two success stories. But I, I agree with the spend. I'd like to see Naismith back. I don't know what June's after, but if he's after an exorbitant amount, I'd rather spend the money elsewhere on maybe a couple of up-and-coming players. Um, because midfield is an area we do have a lot of cover. I'm not saying it's quality, but we do have a lot of options in there. David Reed says... Zero players, one manager. Um, sure. In terms of signings, um, and obviously there's, um, I'm going to assume a slight facetious nature to that comment by David. But at the same time, a lot of people do feel that way. That's the thing, Laurie. It, it can't be dismissed. Um, the opinion. No, no, it's not, not at all. No. It's not the opinion of um, one person. I, I still think if you were to do a straw poll of all Hearts fans, I think the majority would want Craig Levine to stay. And I'm talking majority can be 51-49. Um, however, I think there has to be a caveat with that in that the, the, the team has to be more attractive to watch. I'm not talking silky football. I'm just talking about going to games with a smile on your face because you're looking forward to going to see Hearts play. And leaving games more often than not with a smile on your face because they've played well and you've enjoyed what you've seen. I think there are a few play, a few people out there right now who uh, aren't, I mean, they're trigger happy and they just think, well, let's just change because we'll, we're guaranteed to get someone better and who's going to come in and make us play brilliant football. I'm not saying careful what you wish for, but I am saying that it isn't just one person. There are a few out there who believe that going forward, that would be the best case. I'm not one of them right now, but there are a few out there. If Hearts finish the, the season in sixth spot and lose them in the semi-final of the Scottish Cup, it's going to be very hard for anyone to support Craig Levine staying on. And I don't think... True. And again, I don't know Craig Levine personally. You probably know him a little bit better than me, but I don't know if Craig Levine would stay on if that's how the season ended. Um, oh, he, he would. He would. Um, okay. I'm, I'm pretty just judging by the comments and the, what it would mean to, 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 to lead heart. I mean, he's, this is his dream job. It might not be going on. He'll be as frustrated as anybody else. Um, but he, this is the whole scenario and the, the position he finds himself in, not just as, as the head coach, but also as a director of football and a director of the club. It's, it's very difficult. So how much sway does he have? in his future, if he has all say, I don't think we should have allowed ourselves to get in a position on that. I don't think he does. Um, and look, there's, there's no doubt about it. If, if Hearts flop and finish bottom six and lose the semi-final, it's very hard to justify keeping him on. But he would not step down. 
I'm pretty confident about that. Matt says ten more that care like Dicamona, which um which isn't a bad shout. Although Clevy Dicamona currently on the fringes of the Hearts team, Whitburn Hearts Supporters Club says Gary Mackay, Stephen Cadden, and Halkett would make an incredible transfer window. Um, and Colin replied to that saying he'd be very happy with that. He's heard that Halkett is a done deal, but they're holding off announcing it. Um, and it is as Mark mentions in the press at the moment. Um, Gary McKay Stephen would be hard to get, but it would be amazing if we managed it. Uh, but your inclination is still that he will end up uh, your neck of the woods, Mark. Well, because they can offer a lot of money. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a tough one. The, the lifestyle over here for a lot of players is, is something that's becoming more and more appealing. Um, can Hearts offer a better package than what Aberdeen would want to offer to keep him at the Tawdry or would an MLS club blow them out of the water? I mean, you've got to remember over here, there's a new, a few new clubs coming in mm-hmm. um, yeah. to the league inter Miami as well, owned by Beckham. Um, and if they're going for like designated players, you're talking five figures a week for, for them. That's not something that Hearts and Aberdeen could match for a guy Mackay Stephen. Uh, finally, just uh, one from Mark Smith, who says, we need a creative player, especially since I can't see Naismith staying or playing a season without an injury, and we are lost without him. I would also look at our young boys coming through. They were thrown in last season and did well. Uh, that's a good point. It's not one anyone else has actually touched upon, because um, you know last season... Uh, our hand was forced quite a bit because of the squad that we had and when injuries and suspensions kicked in, we didn't have a whole lot of depth, which is different this campaign. But the likes of Harry Cochran, who's been mentioned in a potential team by you and by Jamie as well, um, is one of them. But the likes of Anthony McDonald as well, who I think has looked a terrific prospect. Um, there's others who, uh, Andy Irving, who had a little bit of a chance, and I've heard that he's one of the most impressive players in the reserve side. I don't get to see the reserve side myself but in terms of his technical ability and passing apparently he's up there with the best at the club on that side of things um so there's a lot of young players around the club who have had sniffs of the team especially last season who haven't got those chances recently is that something that we're maybe overlooking a little bit here that there are players who by this time next season could be in a position that they're starting every week because some of the the players who have popped up around scottish football in recent years have suddenly become terrific and they've become mainstays have come from nowhere and it's just been the fact that they've been given game time every week and it's just that's what's helped develop them and push them on 100% 100% I'm going to take you all the way back to James McFadden when Mother was yeah, in administration yeah. and the young lad with the rat's tail at the back of his head um, was playing most weeks because they couldn't afford um, they, were, they were in administration so they had to play the kids we were in a similar position um, with the youngsters, not so much administration, but um, when when Levine took over, he inherited a bit of a uh, not Levine, sorry, but but after Romanov, we inherited a bit of a mess, and, and we we played youngsters. Um, Connor Smith is another one who I think over the next couple of seasons we'll we'll see a lot more. I think next season he'll be a member of the first team squad, so it would make sense to integrate him into the the uh, the first team squad this season. I mean, he's, he's been an unused sub once. Um, that was up at Pataudry uh, when he didn't come on. Last season, he made his debut as a sub in the final game of the season at, at Kilmarnock. I know they've got high hopes. I think he's the pick of the bunch um, for Hearts in the, the, the kind of young um, squad among the young players. He's, he's just turned 17 last month. Cochran, I, I, I'm with you on, I love Anthony McDonald as a player. I mean, he, he, he could be a Rolls-Royce of a midfielder. Um, he looks like the type of player that might be better suited to playing abroad where you've got more time on the ball because he can spot a pass and he's a silky player. Um, but do you know what? He's maybe just being toughened up um, by going out on Where did he go? Inverness? Yes. On loan? Yeah. So obviously he can't play in the semi-final. Um, but I, I, I'd agree with that. I mean, I don't know when you we're talking about bringing in all these players, and we you got to remember as well we bought in a lot of players last summer as well. Your Lees, your Bozanich. There's a lot of competition for places in that midfield, and are the, are these guys better than your Cochrans or, or whatever? I don't know. I just hope that the youngsters aren't getting stifled and aren't getting frustrated because 
when you get the opportunity, whether it's, it's your work, Laurie, my work at ESPN or anybody listening's work as well, when you get the opportunity to do something that you enjoy doing and you do it on a regular basis, when you first get that chance and you like it, you want more of it. Mm-hmm. And when you don't get more of it, it's how you react to that. So someone like a Cochran or McDonald's different because he's gone out on loan. It, this is a, this is a challenging season for someone like Harry Cochran, who's not been involved anywhere near as much as he would have liked, and maybe we would have liked as well. Um, I just I, I have full trust. The one thing I do have full trust in Craig Levine. Um, I'm not saying I don't for other things, but total complicit trust would be knowing how to deal with the the youngsters at football clubs and. What is best for them coming through? It might seem to us that why is Cochrane not playing more? But from his days at Dundee United with, with Gold and with Suter and with Gary Mackay, Stephen and, and whatever, and, and albeit he left for the Scotland job as they were coming through, I have the utmost trust in, in Craig Levy knowing what to do with the youngsters that best suits their development. And I hopefully we'll see a few of them coming through over the, the months and years ahead. So thank you again for everyone for getting in touch with your suggestions for signings um, ahead of next season. Hopefully we'll we'll see a few players come in and I'd be surprised um, if some of the players that have been mentioned aren't mentioned again, at least in, in gossip or rumour columns across the country. Of course, Craig Halkett could well be on his way to Hearts in the next few days uh, in terms of agreeing a, p- a pre-contract. Um, Lastly, in terms of what we're going to talk about this week, Mark, Hearts play Hamilton Ackies on Saturday um, away at the, I'm going to call it New Douglas Park because some of these sponsorship on these stadiums these days is just uh, does my head in. Um, but it will be at uh, New Douglas Park and Ackies going to this game in 10th spot. Uh, just three points above second bottom Dundee and four ahead of bottom place St Mirren. Just one win in their last nine at home. But... They won 2-0 at Petardry two weeks ago. So Brian Rice, who of course took over from Martin Canning, um, now in charge, so possibly a different Aki's. I've not seen much of them in recent weeks. Uh, but this could be a game, and this is one of these games this season where Hearts have often struggled. And it's a crucial time because we're going to this game five ahead of Hibs, but they're home to Motherwell, so a winnable game for Hibs. Uh, we're three behind Kelly, who are away to Rangers. Who knows how that will go at the moment with the way Rangers are playing. And we're still four behind Aberdeen, and Aberdeen at home to Livingston. I, I feel at this point in the season, our realistic aim should be cup final and fourth, and maybe, if we can, on that one-off game at Hamden in May, if we get there, trying to win that tournament, I think top three could be a bit of a push. But Kilmarnock still really in our sights. And despite our relatively poor league form, Mark, we've actually won three of our last four away games in the Premiership. Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier about the seven away wins this season. Mm-hmm. And by the way, those stats about seven away and seven home, they were all before um, the top six split last season. They don't include the, the five games after it. Hamilton away, I mean, we've played well there. We've played poorly away there. We've had fights there. We've had battles there. Uh, we're, that, that's, the, that's the two words I want to mention, fighting and battling, um, legally, if possible, on the pitch. <laughs> and that we're, we're going to have to be up for it because... Brian Rice will have them up for it. They're a hard team to predict. They were woeful at Motherwell, um, horrific against Rangers, poor at Easter Road, and excellent at Pataudry. So uh, I don't know what you get from them at all. I think it'll be a similar game to the Dundee game um, where they scrapped, and we've got to be up for the fight. Um, We have better players than them, but the old hard work beating ability if ability doesn't work hard bollocks might come into it this week. (laughs) It's a hard one to predict. Hearts should win. Hearts need to win because something's going to give it Ibrox. And is it Hibs Motherwell um, this weekend? Yes. Well, that's a huge. That's a huge game. I don't know who I'd rather have in the top six. <clears throat> Excuse me, because you want a team that's more capable of taking points off off the others. Um, and Motherwell's form right now is is really good. I think St Johnson um, have have hit the buffers. So I think it's between Hibs and Motherwell. And Hibs, Hibs can pretty much cement their spot in the top six with a win. But from a Hearts perspective, um, wanting to finish at least fifth and no lower, a win for Motherwell and a win for Hearts would mean that there's a seven-point gap between fifth and sixth. So this weekend's going to be huge. 
Hearts are going to get the win. Hearts are going to battle. Hearts are going to fight. And if they do, it's hard to predict what, what goes on. But um, the, who's the referee? Let's let's have a look. Oh, it's our pal Colm. Willie Colm. Now, I don't know how he officiates Uchi. I don't know if you've seen him referee against uh, Uchi and if he gives him the benefit of the doubt or if he penalises him. But that's who we've got this weekend. Um, I've got bad memories of Willie Colm at New Douglas Park because he sent off Callum Patterson in that game when we were 2-1 ahead, um, which I thought was a pretty bad decision. But he's not been too bad for us recently, and I've said that when he's come up um, in our recent matches. In terms of how he's refereed Uche, off the top of my head, can't think of them exactly. He refereed our game when we won 5-0 against Inverness, when Uche scored twice, which is a good sign. He refereed our game when we won 1-0 against Livingston, but Uchi wasn't back yet. I think he was uh, still out injured, so I don't think he's actually refereed many games with Uchi involved. Purely, okay. um, he refereed the game where Uchi. In fact, he, <laughs> the two games I can see he refereed when Uchi played, uh, Uchi scored three goals in the two games. Um, oh well, so that's, so that's promising. What I would say is that um, I was doing the Eintracht Frankfurt Inter game in the Europa League, the first leg, mm-hmm. and Colin was in charge. And let's just say he's not going to be welcome at the Commerce Bank Arena um, again because he was horrible. He gave Inter a penalty, which they subsequently missed, but he just did not have a good performance. And I've always thought bizarrely about Colin. He's, he's, he's best stuff. His best refereeing comes on an international stage because he just does it by the book and takes no nonsense, but he was poor in that game. Um the last game he did in, in Scotland was him Celtic uh, at Easter Road in the, the Scottish Cup when he didn't have much to do. Um, and, and prior to that, a couple of red cards, St. Men and Dundee United in the Scottish Cup and and obviously St. Johnson against Celtic where he, he sent off a player in that one. So I, I, I don't mind him. I mean, I'd rather have him than a Nick Walsh or, or someone like that. But again, if, if, we're, if we're going that in depth about a referee, um, <laughs> surely it should be it should be far more about hearts and let's just hope for a good performance um, and, and see where that takes us. But if it, if it, if it's a, another Dundee performance and a one nil win, I'll take that. So will I. A couple of things just to quickly go over. Um, there's a hearts quiz night happening on Sunday, the 7th of April. Uh, which is being arranged by the Amoruso Let's It Run Twitter account. So uh, Sunday the 7th of April at Shandon Pool Hall at 2pm. Um, if you're interested in finding out more details, it's not affiliated to us at all, but um, you can look on the Amoruso1998 Twitter. That's how you find them, at Amoruso1998, if you want to possibly get involved with that and go and show your heart's knowledge. Um have you got any homework this week? Because I've got a potential one if you've not. No, on you go. You can have okay. it for this week. Oh, oh, thanks. You're so kind. You're welcome. Um, it's, it comes on the back of... So last week I'd mentioned just offhand, um, trying to think of other players who'd have goal music. Um, just on the back of talking about Davis Chesnowski scoring against Park Thistle in the Scottish Cup uh, 13 years ago. And obviously used to play Chesney Hawks. Um, for Chesney, of course. Uh, James Waring tweeted us saying, thinking about players with their own goal music after the latest episode, Osmond So Magic um, is a shout. And that is a good shout. That's one that I should have thought of, um, which Scott Wilson often played when Big Osmond So scored for Hearts, which was thankfully quite often. Um, what I was thinking was, what goal music could you play for the current Hearts players? So, any specific songs that would suit some of the Hearts team. You can pick any of the players and for any reason, as long as you give us a reason and it's a good one. Okay, so if you have any suggestions as to goal music that could be played for any of the current Hearts players. Um, in fact, you know what? Open up. Any other ex-Hearts players that you might think is a perfect uh, tune that Scott Wilson could have played for them when they scored, then you know, give us a shout at Around the Funnel or email podcast at Scarves Around the Funnel uk. Um, lastly, before we go, I just want to, to mention a, a bit of sad news um, after the Park Thistle game. Uh, unfortunately, there was a Hearts fan in his 80s who collapsed before kickoff. He was entering the Wheatfield stand. He couldn't be revived and, and very sadly passed away. Um, he was known as a legend among those who 
who knew him well and someone who was a family man and attended his first game back in 1939. So that is a, a Hearts fan of many, many years. Um, lost his life shortly after 9pm, sadly. His family haven't released his name yet, so we won't mention it, but it's just one of these sobering bits of news I heard it after the Park Thistle game. And we, we you know we talk on here, Mark, about... Um, you know, frustrations about football and you get excited and happy about football and you get down and annoyed about it. But it all means it all means very little. It means nothing compared to, to something like that. So all our thoughts go out to the friends and family of the Hearts fan who, who sadly passed away. Well said. We will be back next week with another episode of Scarves Around the Funnel. So tune in then as we speak about Hamilton Ackes. Until then, thank you for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.